commence primary ignition. Hello and welcome to episode 164 of The Usual Podcast, the podcast where we discuss all things geek and pop culture. I'm your host, Marshall, and with me, again, thankfully, is my co-host, Will. What's up, buddy? How you doing? What's up, everybody? Uh, bonus this week, we have two guests with us. Uh, those of you that follow my podcastingness know these voices already, but I'm going to introduce you. Uh, it is Mr. Nick Bright and Will Ralston. Welcome, boys. How we doing? Hey. No complaints on my end. Other than apparently I rattle my eyes. Except for I'm just finally I mean, noticing what the hell is up with the cat behind you? Oh, oh, that's oh, a good story too. You know what? He's really into Hello Kitty. He has a little bit of a fetish for Hello Kitty. He has <laughs> Kitty, he has Hello Kitty underwear that he wears when he writes because it really gets him in the mood to really write his face. science fiction book. Okay, well, two things. One, face. who doesn't? I mean, I'm wearing my Hello Kitty. <laughs> I'm wearing my Hello Kitty uh, panties right now. I mean, come on. I thought we were all supposed to. Um, two, is it, is it just me or is, did everyone else like freak out when Sanrio came out and said that Hello Kitty is actually not a cat? What, I was that, what is it supposed to be? This, this came out a few years ago that Sanrio came out and said that Hello Kitty is not actually a cat. Why does it say, why is it called Hello Kitty? That makes no sense. It, uh, I just, why do we call strippers Kitty? It's just a good stage name sometimes. <laughs> It's mine. Anyway. Actually, mine is cinnamon. <laughs> Gross. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm just trying to figure out where the Hello Kitty's at. It was behind because you on your screen. It was screen. behind you on your screen. We're looking at your room behind you. This? Yeah. Other side. No, your monitor. Your monitor. Oh, popped up. Giant screen on your wall. And then I went to glow. Now it looks like Luke Cage. Oh, oh Luke Cage. Keep that on. Hello Kitty was there a minute My ago. culture is awesome. We'll just yeah, let Nick run some ads, you know? <laughs> well, one time Nick actually kept uh, Into the Spider-Verse running at a very low volume, and I didn't find out until I went to edit it. But that's on a different episode of a different show, and I guess we'll stop giving Nick shit. So we're just sitting here, as always, enjoying our usual frosty beverages. I'm going to start with our guest. Nick, what are you drinking since we gave you a, bit, a hard time already? I don't win any points, but I'm drinking a Coke with a little bit of Crown. Nice. Speaking of, speaking of Coke, really quick, another Griggs family connection. Coke was kind of founded by a guy named Asa Griggs Chandler. Sorry, go ahead. Was he a, <laughs> a relative of, of yours? Of- <laughs> uh, yeah, a different branch of the family that came over from England. They went directly to Georgia, but yeah. You are like six you. degrees of Kevin Bacon. <laughs> kind of. The funny thing is, is when you get really deep into genealogy, everybody is that way. But just nobody has done the research to find their cool stories. I like to wow. do that. Between Will's connections in showbiz and Will two L's knowing his history, eventually you guys will find out you're related. Probably. That's hilarious. <laughs> anyway, oh Will one L, what are you drinking, buddy? Uh, Diet Coke with tequila. Nice. Oh. I had some tequila yesterday. Cinco de Mayo. Yeah. It was good. Uh, yeah, it was a good day yesterday. It was good. I had bacon yeah. and hot dogs for Cinco de Mayo, guys. Yeah, it's all right. You're, uh, you're all right. I literally, I'm not going to say anything. I literally eat Mexican food every single day for lunch. That's amazing. I'm, I'm yeah, jealous. I know. Do they have Mexican happened. food in Utah? My wife. Oh, okay. That, that's awesome. Uh, uh, Will, what are you drinking? I'm drinking Blue Moon, Belgian nice. white ale. Not bad. 
And I, since everybody's asking, am drinking Sierra Nevada Hot Bullet Double IPA. To round out my that. day, I had a couple of the, uh, excuse me, hazy little thing. Marshall does not drink beer Earlier. that is not hoppy. He's a hoppy yeah, mess. That's my thing, dude. So before we get started, if you have comments or questions, you can find us at theusualpodcast.com. Email us at theusualpodcast at gmail.com. And of course, we're on Facebook, Pinterest, Instagram, Twitch, YouTube, and all the things. So like us, share us, and rate us on the socials. But before we get to the main part of the show, um, let's just acknowledge our Patreon patrons who have stuck around um, amidst all the, the COVID madness and our drinking buddies, the people who have been supporting this show for a very long time. And we appreciate you. So thank you for giving us a few bucks an episode to help this bad boy keep going periodically and uh, sporadically. <laughs> Hopefully less sporadically now that Marshall's kind of like being able to fit me into his busy schedule. I'm trying, man. I'm trying to just tone, get back to some semblance of a schedule, like pretending I still go to work for chunks of the day and then focusing on my night stuff that I'm supposed to be doing. You know what I mean? That's, and that's the thing. So, um, real quick, I hope all of you guys are hanging in there with all this stuff. I know, um, we all talk off mic quite a bit, but a lot going on in the world right now. So, you know, take care of your kids, take care of your families. And I'm, I'm hope everybody stays happy and healthy best you can, you know? So, all right. Well, I will let you take away the top one here. So I don't know, uh, gents, our guests, um, we're going to go down the line here. We don't have a ton of stories in this week. I just want to get you guys in because you guys love pop culture. I want to talk about what we're watching um, specifically this week, mostly because uh, this is the time where we all have, quote unquote, time to watch stuff that we <laughs> maybe didn't have time to watch before. And I actually have been doing pretty well for me. So I'm pretty excited about that, but we'll get to that a little bit later. Uh, but let's talk about some news. Uh, we'll start at the top. Uh, something with AMC and universal. I'm gonna let we'll take this way. Cause this one's hilarious. Yeah. It's you gotta love it when multi multinational multi-billion dollar conglomerates get like petty shit going on between them and, and AMC and universal are hilarious, right? Because um, obviously right now AMC is having major, major issues because nobody can go to movie theaters. Right. Um, so I think I read, it wasn't in this article it was another article that they have like enough, uh, fluid equity to be able to last, I think until like November without mm -hmm. having to form some sort of restructuring bankruptcy. But then universal decided to try something new this year where they just released uh, trolls world tour directly to streaming. Right. And at a what they called a premium rental price of twenty dollars for the for the rental, instead of going to the theaters, right? And so of course AMC hates this because AMC wants you know their cut plus you know anybody that has ever worked in in theaters know that most of the money that theaters make comes from concessions. So if people don't go to movies, they're not buying popcorn and soda and candy and all that fun junk. So uh, Universal said, well, we made a hundred million dollars from from trolls world tour which is you know far less than they would have actually made in the theater but considering that if they'd released it to theaters they would have made um i think it's 30 percent of the total gross right whereas right. Uh, in by releasing it straight to streaming they get like 80 percent of it and well the the problem that universal did though they started kind of touting that they're like oh we can just keep doing this and like oh we don't need we can just release direct to, to video or whatever, or direct to streaming. And then, but they didn't really, I don't know, think it through well, because uh, AMC is mad. Yeah. But, right? Yeah. So AMC, so basically universal said, yeah, we're not going to re release most of our stuff to theaters because, you know, we can make a, a huge profit just by doing it on, uh, on 
streaming services and AMC says, okay, well, we're not going to show anything by Universal. The problem with this is that AMC didn't really like really think about what Universal is saying because there's no way Universal is not going to release the Fast and Furious series to theaters, right. right? It is too huge. I mean, they make over a billion dollars just internationally. I mean, it, it's it's just ridiculous the amount of money that they make in theaters and they're not going to get that in streaming. I mean, they'll get a huge chunk of it in streaming, but they're not going to get the massive amount of money that they would um, by releasing it to theaters. So AMC, I think, is just kind of being petty, but they have like a right to be petty because they're the one that's like been over the barrel right now. Well, they're closed and they're ticked off. Exactly. Right. <laughs> so um, and I, I read somebody I mentioned this on Twitter. I wish I, I knew the handle to, to give them credit. But they basically said the AMC right now is feeling kind of like how MoviePass was last year. Right, uh, yeah. where they just don't have the, the the content to be able to give their, their audience what they need to do, right? And so they're going to just be losing money hand over fist by keeping some people employed and furloughing everybody else, kind of like what's happening with Disney. And, uh, I, well, I, just, and I think by the time we finally get through this near the end of the year, they're going to figure out something with being able to get people back into theaters because people like me, I love the theaters. I'm a total introvert. I've been loving like just being in my apartment for t- two months but i still love the experience of going to theaters on opening day i mean there's a reason why you know on my birthday every year we used to go to the star wars movie every single year right right? well and that's my question kind of to the rest of the group too is what do you guys think about first of all how do you feel about movies going straight to streaming instead of going to theater do you have the same attachment that will has to going to the theater and um second especially will uh, with uh, Ralston, if you you're, you know, you're in part of this industry too. Like how do you feel about what's going on between theaters and production and all that kind of stuff? So I think we're actually going to see a hybrid moving forward. I really do. Um, I, I think what's going to happen is they're going to have big premiere nights. Like, so for what I do for like working in production for hair and makeup, like you have the red carpet event, I think they'll still do them in select theaters and then they'll do uh, video on demand. So there's actually some good things that can actually come of this because what's happened in American um, Western, I think movie theater going is you have these tent poles that make the theaters a lot of money and they're in most of the theaters. But what has been lost are these really great personal independent flicks. So I think by having a hybrid type of situation where you could have these really buzzworthy, unique films be both in theaters and on video on demand, I feel like everyone can win. I think the studios would be a little bit more um, forthcoming with money to help new um, filmmakers, you know, get some of that money while still putting their um, big temple in theaters. And I think with Will's point, I don't think we will ever not go to the movie theater. I think a lot of our experience is about a community and laughing with people and sharing a journey with people. That will not go away. And I bet you, even when all of this madness ends with the pandemic, it will come back even stronger because people want to be around people, even if you're introverted, when you're sharing a journey. Yeah. And I agree with that. I mean, the temple ones is kind of what I make a big stinky deal about going to the movie theaters for. Like, I mean, I go to every Marvel movie, every Star Wars movie opening night. You know, there's something about opening night being with that community, you know, seeing, um, 
you know, episode nine, for example, with all my friends um, and my kids and my wife that night, it was an amazing experience. And my, even in my little town, in my little, in my little community, you know, and, um, but it was the star Wars community within this small community. That is the appeal and the draw to that. You know what I mean? Um, so I, I, I like the hybrid idea. I would love to be able to then turn around the next day and maybe drop a, a 20 bucks and watch the movie again. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, yeah. I think it's going to be that, that I like, yeah, I think it's I, I agree with Will uh, that it's going to be a hybrid. I think it's going to be three different things though. Um, and we've already kind of been going to these anyways. Number one is the temple idea. I mean, that, that's honestly been going for, for 45 years now, ever since jaws basically came out and you have t- these temple ideas, right? Um, and they, they, they kind of went the other way with it, where it was like, okay, we're just going to show it on four or five screens at every multiplex, get every dollar we can. I think we're actually going to start going away from like the 20, 30 screen multiplexes, and we're going to be going back to the movie house idea, right? So places like um, the Alamo Draft House are start going to get big again. Pantages is going to mm-hmm. get big again. Yeah. Um, even in small towns like San Luis Obispo, where you have the Fremont, which is a thousand seat um, Art Deco theater, theater from the 40s, right? Which is right now used primarily for live things. Well, not for anything right now, but I think it'll actually go back to being that temple idea, right? And you're going to start getting those because those are going to be the ones where they're going to release the major films. But I think they're also going to start doing day and date, either either day and date uh, with, with video on demand streaming or like a week later to give it a week in theaters at the, at the, 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 uh, the movie houses, right? Well, it makes sense to get the weekend box office numbers exactly. stuff like that. The, yeah. the other way it's been going is the, the video on demand streaming idea is just going straight to Hulu or straight to Netflix or straight to Amazon, which you already have a huge amount of those smaller budget movies going there. Um, even movies that are getting awards considerations like bad education this year with Hugh Jackman. Um, you had, uh, what was the, uh, the Spanish language film that was up for best picture a couple of years ago. It was through Netflix. Um, it was black and white. Um, search the, I think I know what you're talking about. I don't remember. Yeah, I'm, I'm it, dragging but. Like, I think it started with a B. But anyways, you're already getting movies that are directly re- released to the major streaming services that are up for awards considerations mm-hmm. and uh, have major stars. I mean, you have that the whole Star Force movie coming out with Steve Carell put out by um, Carell and, and, and Greg Daniels that's going to be coming out here end of the month on Netflix. Um, so you already have those, those mid to small budget movies going like that. What I think is also going to start happening is more of what Kevin Smith is starting to do where you take it on the road Yeah. Um, because back in the thirties and forties, you already had movies that did that. Because if you remember the premiere of gone with the wind didn't happen in Hollywood, it didn't happen in New York. It happened in Atlanta. And then it premiered in Atlanta for like three weeks and then it went to New York and then it went to LA and never premiered in the same city all at the same time. They took it on the road because they had limited prints and wanted to do it in major, major events. Um, So I think you're going to start getting that with larger, with bigger name directors that don't want to do Temple movies, like I Smith could, did a really good job with that. Exactly, uh, Smith has done a road really show good with did. the Reboot Roadshow. I could totally see somebody like Soderbergh doing that, mm-hmm. um, taking one of his smaller budget movies and just hitting the road with it to like three or four major cities over the course of four or five weeks, and just doing a, a little. I mean, there's no way that you're going to get somebody like Soderbergh doing, um, you know, like the six month road show that Kevin Smith did, just because he doesn't have the no, time to devote much. to it. But you could easily do a three or four week thing where you just take it to like new york uh, mm-hmm. uh new york la san francisco seattle or throw in dc or something like that chicago they're in like four or five cities where you do it over four or five weeks and that's your major release for that mid-market movie 
and then you release it to video on demand. So Nick, what do you think? I know trolls was probably playing in your house, huh? <laughs> I I'm one of the very, <clears throat> Oh, you didn't uh, watch it. I know I did. Like I, I, I oh, did as soon as I could, I, I did order that. Um, it was a cool flick too. I actually really enjoyed it myself. I liked it a lot, which I, I haven't the seen first the first one. one. I, yeah. I loved the first one. I haven't seen the second one. Second one's great. Um, and it's going back to the whole AMC thing. AMC, I think they have rights to 3000 theaters yeah. internationally. I, if I wouldn't care if they're like, we're not going to play your movie. I'd be like, okay. <laughs> yeah, go to a different theater. You know yeah, what I mean? There are other like, theaters. There you know? <laughs> 3000 theaters worldwide. They're, yeah, yeah. they're, they're a penny amongst dollars, yeah, right? The, like, the un, yeah. The unfortunate thing for AMC is almost every market that AMC is in Regal's also in, or Edwards is also in, um, right, that's these the other major chains are in. And so instead of just going to, to AMC, let's go to Regal or Edwards. And then it's not going to affect people like us in a tiny town where we're not owned by a major theater chain. We're a local theater chain. They're still yeah. going to get the big movies. Um, right. Because there's very few towns where the only theater in there is an AMC. Within driving distance, there's going to be another major chain. Do you take your kids? Do you take your family to the movies, Nick? Do you guys we, do the movie we, thing? Or? We tried. It's just too hard. Yeah. Well, your kids are young. Too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. My kids are young. I'd rather do video on demand. I mean, Universal did it right. It was a guinea pig. It was the perfect movie to do it. It's a perfect storm for them. I mean, opening weekend alone, there there's reports saying that they it uh, made fifty million in opening yeah. weekend. Yeah, the, the unfortunate thing for Universal is that they'd already put out so much, like at least one hundred fifty million dollars in marketing. Okay, the thing that I think Disney's going to try to do right with the with the uh, uh, the Artemis Fowl movie is they have not put out that marketing budget yet and so they're releasing it directly to disney plus without having to put out the theater marketing and so they're going to save that 100 to 150 million dollars and just put it directly into streaming and just make pure pure uh, profit on it yeah. right i wonder though i wonder though with artemis Val though is it that they didn't believe in the film I think it's a combination of the two. I think they just said, okay, yeah. here's a movie we didn't think was going to have long legs in theater or have a major buster at the box office. Let's save the marketing budget, ship it directly to, to streaming. And I think that's ultimately what they're going to do with new mutants when they finally figure out what they want to do with, with the idea of Canon. Um, right. Because I think that's the one thing that's holding them back. I mean, the film's done. They've re reshot it like three times. Um, it's in the can. They they just I don't think they, they I know they're they don't want to have another dark Phoenix fiasco where it's gonna be an albatross around their neck from Fox. I think they just wanna get it onto streaming, start making some money on it and and just do it that way. And I think we're gonna probably end up with that. I would guess we're gonna get new mutants released in October for time for Halloween. Uh one of my clients is actually in the New Mutants and um they loved it. Yeah, I heard the final cut is actually pretty darn good. I heard that they the, loved the, it. I heard that the cut that Disney did when they got all the material over from Fox and Disney did a recut of it. Um, I heard that that is phenomenal, and I honestly can't wait to see because I'm a huge fan of. Um, uh, I'm drawing a blank on Arya Stark's name right now in real life, Maisie Williams. I'm a huge yeah, fan of yeah. Maisie Williams, and I'm actually even though this was filmed what five years ago now. Um, I still can't wait to see her on screen because I think she's such a talent. She's so vibrant. Yeah, um, she's awesome. And plus the new mutants is just a cool concept. So speaking of Disney, unless people have other things to say about movie theaters, uh, I'm going to move on to the next story, which has to do with uh, Shanghai Disney. Disneyland, I should say, is going to open in May, May 11th. 
This is going to, I mean, okay, guys. And here's the thing. I'm a huge, I put off my trip this last year. I go to Disneyland every year since I was four months old. Will knows we've been together a dozen times or so. I take my family. My kids have gone. We were actually putting it off till we were going to go in December towards the end of the year, or early next year. Anyway. Right. Obviously all the parks are closed with the COVID stuff. So Shanghai Disney is opening slated open May 11th, obviously with a bunch of caveats, but oh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Thoughts. Um, I, I, I know I should go. I, let me open this up so I can say what they're, what, what precautions are going to yeah, take they're, while, they're, while they're Nick, gonna have, while they're gonna have, Will says yeah, stuff. They're going to have definite caps on, on, um, on crowd Attendance. size, right? Yeah. Like uh, I want to say on any given day at Disneyland, you're going to get 50,000 plus. I want to say probably between 45 to 60,000, mm-hmm. depending on the day closer to holidays, you're going to get closer to 70. I think they cap it at 85 is when they shut the gates. And I think they've only had to do that a few, a few times. Um, they're definitely going to have to shrink that down. Um, I'm guessing they're probably going to cap it about at about 15 to 20,000. They're going to go on minimum capacity on all the rides. Um, they're probably going to be sending, like if you were on Pirates of the Caribbean, they're going to send boat, empty boat, boat, empty boat. On well, not only that, they're going to have to do, you know, they're going to have to still try to do social distancing. Exactly. They're still, they're going to require people to wear masks. They're going to definitely be taking, staff as well. yeah, they're going to be taking temperatures of everybody as they come into the park. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a, a little bit of a personal thing in this because I actually I've already planned and paid for my trip to Disney world in December. Um, so I'm, I'm planning on going the second week of December, um, to Disney world with, uh, with my mom and my sister and my sister's wife. And, uh, it's already, we actually had a, uh, we do a, a weekly zoom call together well Skype because my mom doesn't zoom all that well. Um, so <laughs> she still knows how to do Skype. So we do Skype every, every Sunday and next week, uh, next month is actually when we start our, our Disney dining plan. And then in three months, we've got to do our fast tap passes and everything, right? Um, so they haven't cut that stuff off yet. Um, we're still planning like we're going in December. Um, right. Honestly. So it, let me. Yeah, go uh, ahead. So I'm going to list off kind of what they say in this, what Bob Chapek said um, at the earnings call. And we have another story after this uh, to talk about as far as Disney goes. But um, the thing to keep in mind, too, and I want to, what you guys think about while I read this off is, is this, if this goes well, obviously this is the guinea pig, kind of like we were talking about for, um, with movie theaters and stuff too. When this all happens again, we have to see how this goes and if it can be done. The issue is, and I think the big issue is going to be translating Asia to the United States. We are having a hard enough time convincing people to walk into a grocery store wearing a mask. Could you imagine if you pay $4,000 for a vacation to Disney world and you have all these stipulations as well, right? What kind of, what, what vacation are people going to expect? You know what I mean? Especially in America, it really, but it really is. It comes down to the, the, the government structure too. I mean, it's, it's a lot easier for, mm-hmm. for trying to impose strict regulations on stuff than it is in America. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so real quick, they said it's a phased approach with limited on attend limits on attendance using advanced re- uh, reservation entry system, controlled guest density using social distancing and strict government required health and prevention procedures, including use of masks, temperature screenings, and other contact tracing um, and early detection systems. So is that and and I'm a Disney. I love me a Disney theme park. It is my, I, I spent my 40th birthday a year ago in April, a year ago, April, 
uh, in Disneyland. We, that was what I wanted to do for my bowling. 40th birthday. <laughs> and we bowled and we had a great time. But this, I'm sorry, this is not a Disney vacation. No, there, this well, is there, not a vacation. The, this is str- actively stressful in my mind thinking about it this It is. Stuff. The good thing about it is that Disney is so good at planning pre, pre-planning on um, infrastructure, right? So the lucky thing is, is almost every part of the parks are already designed to institute stanchion and queue lines. Right. Even on the parade right. routes, all the queue lines, most of the walk, free space walking areas, if you look down on the ground, you see spots that the stanchions can be screwed in for, for uh, queue lines to be set up. So they're already yeah. designed for social distancing. All they have to do is, is make sure that they design those ropes accordingly and make sure it's, it's properly um, marked and have enough cast members around to direct traffic right. but it's already designed yeah, it's yeah. already designed to be that way so i think if any company is going to do it disney's going to be the one to be the guinea pig because they already have the infrastructure designed to do it well if they can pull it off obviously universal and the rest will fall behind will you were shaking your head a minute ago i was reading that off what do you what, what are your thoughts on this <laughs> no um first of all there's <laughs> lots of things medically scientifically that it doesn't make sense. Uh, you can uh, be asymptomatic of the virus um, and still spread it. Okay. And unless you're going to have an antigen test there, right there to say you've already been exposed to it and you're fine, which we're not even sure the antibodies mean we're protected. Exactly. Also too, also too, most people didn't have a fever with COVID. Yeah. You know, which, that's, that's, that's not. So what I would say is if, if you are someone who's healthy and wants to take risks with you and your family, I'm all about it. Go ahead. But it's also it's also not about you. What if you are around someone who has pre-existing conditions? I want nothing more than the world to open. Trust me, because my job yeah. really depends on it. Like well, for sure. Um, but at the same time, I don't want people. I just think it's an unnecessary I would not take the risk. Let me say that. I, I would not take the risk. Yeah. I, well, and this I was agree. the first park to close too. They've been closed since January 25th. Yeah. I still, I still think it's early. I, I think yeah, it's, I, I do too. Absolutely. Um, I, I would honestly, I would be okay with them shutting down for the, for honestly, for the rest of the year, even if it means pushing my trip back to, to 2021. Um, I'd rather be safer than sorry, because let's keep the, the, uh, yeah. I mean, let's, we got, we got to stay uh, sheltered in place yeah. and just, we don't, Especially well, since we, I mean, the entire United States, I think we've tested, I think 1% of the entire population. I mean, I think yeah. we just passed 3 million tests and we have, you know, over 300 million people. Well, let's, and let's bring it back to something that we were all planning on doing in a couple of months is going to Comic-Con, whether Nick thought he was going or not, he was <laughs> going to join the Wills and I. Um, yeah. So, I mean, obviously that has been put off. We talked about this on the last show anyway, um, but that's been postponed for a whole year. And basically what they said is if you want a refund, you can get a refund. Otherwise. See you next we'll see year. you in 2021, you know? Um, so Nick, what do you think? Theme parks is too early. I hit or miss, man. Like I'll, I'll be honest with you. Like I, I'm, so I'm one of those. I'm, I'm all about opening up jobs. So people can get back to work, stabilize the economy a little bit, but I'm not for uh, over risking ourselves for the sake of not yeah. wanting to be controlled. You know, I gotcha. if yeah. things don't make sense, it doesn't make sense. Like it, the CD. The, yeah. Look at New York. New York yeah. is having so many issues where I'm like, yeah, this shit's real. Utah's having so little issues. I'm just like, whatever. Right. Like right. we're, and we're not good Open at up. social distancing here. 
No. And yet our numbers are great. And it's like, okay, praying works apparently. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I can't figure it out because Utah hasn't done social distancing <laughs> that well. Please don't say praying's working, dude. You're killing me. I'm just kidding. No, um, what you show no, 300 I'm people at the airport to greet your, you know, son or daughter, family member yeah. coming off a, a religious mission, mission after you were told no more than groups of 10 mm-hmm. and no one gets sick? Bro. I just gotta say, no one knows they're sick. They could be. Well, that's the other thing too. That's that's okay. I'm a total introvert that loves big cities. I mean, if I could get lost in a sea of like 10 million people, I'd be totally happy to do that. I'm like in my personal hell for the last, no offense, Marshall, but for like in personal hell for the last five years, there's a reason why the, the Northern coast of California is called the lost coast. I mean, (laughs) an hour just to get to the next small town. And it's, I mean, like, honestly, if I were to try to get Domino's delivered, it's three and a half miles, three and a half hours away. Right? Oh, yeah. Wow. At best. Yeah. The closest, <laughs> closest Costco is an hour and a half. The closest Walmart's three hours, an hour and a half. I mean, it, have you heard of Piaches? <laughs> you're right. Oh, no, don't get me wrong. <laughs> Thanks for supporting your local business, bro. Exactly. And I will shout out, <laughs> going back to Salem, the best pizza I had on the East Coast was in a place in Salem called the Firehouse. Highly recommend it. If you ever go to Salem, get pizza at the Firehouse. It's really, really good. Um, but I, I'm thankful that I'm having to shelter in place here because it is so remote that we've had a grand total of 13 cases in our County. And, uh, so far seven of them recovered, six of them are a family that just got back into the County. And so they're all sequestered right now. Um, but, but I'm going to, and I'm going to throw a wrench in what you just said though, Will too, because someone just came up today to pick up socks, uh, curbside pickup for Pippi's, right? Right. Someone that we know, um, from the schools, I'm not going to say her name, but she's been sick for two months, but she couldn't get tested. And she's just finally feeling better. And she just literally handed me a check today for the, for this thing. And I was like, you know, trying to keep my distance and Josh and I were moving uh wood, you know, or whatever this afternoon. And she's like, Oh yeah, I've been really sick for the last two months. So I was like, what? But the problem is if it happens here, we have two ICU beds, a tiny ass hospital. Yeah and no tests exactly so we I, don't even know and people are acting like oh it's not going to happen here it's not here but it, we don't even know no. but i'm with you well no, exactly. the remoteness is beneficial will, sort of right now. right and i i am glad that i mean i only go, i only basically leave my apartment once every two weeks when i go to the grocery store i wear a mask every single time and i've been to work twice in the last two months um and i was there for maybe half an hour each time so other than that it's me and my cat and he's starting to get annoyed at me. <laughs> so it's yeah. Like, when you're getting on your pets, nurse, I know, my cat's like, get out of my house. <laughs> you're usually I, gone for a while. <laughs> I think with Disney, the only thing I worry about is I feel for the employees who Absolutely. don't have a lot. You know, that's why I'm like, yeah, we want people to get back to work because you want families to eat and to have a life. No, at I mean, the same I, I've time, got... it's like. Yeah, hard. Yeah, I've got some friends that, that work for Disney down in, in Orlando and a couple in Anaheim. And I've had some family that's worked for Disney in Anaheim. I personally worked for the Disney stores for a couple of years. Um, they don't pay a lot. I mean, it's it's fairly close to minimum. Um, and the thing is, is they the, the theme parks are in areas that aren't that cheap. Um, if you want to live in Orlando or if you want to live in Anaheim, I mean you can you you can commute from um from Manchester or or somewhere in Southern California, but you're going to get higher crime rates, you know, crappy ass apartments and and whatnot. Um, But, you know, I think minimum wage at Disneyland right now is like 12 bucks an hour. I mean, it's just, you can't really live on that in Anaheim. Right. 
So speaking of Disney, since we're just moving this along before we get too tangenty, you put something in here, Will, about uh, their pause in construction to save money, which makes sense because there was a huge thing in Epcot that was supposed to be done for what the 60th, right? Um, well, they were well. It's, it's phased over a couple of years, but they're doing a huge remodel to Epcot, and not just Epcot, but the the World Showcase. Um, they're retheming a whole bunch of Epcot. They're totally remodeling Spaceship Earth, which is the mm-hmm. the the crown jewel of Epcot. I mean, it's the the globe. Um, but they're also putting in a new Tron ride and a Tron roller coaster, a whole new <gasps> like, Disney wow. area, like all this stuff, right? That's all had to go on pause. Um, there's new new statue theme. Forgot about the Tron ride. Yeah, yeah new statue cool. theming. Um, they're putting a new Moana section into the and so basically like they're bringing a Poly- Polynesia and Moana into the the World Showcase. I was hoping that they hadn't mentioned it, but they were going to be retheming the the uh, the water ride in the Mexico area into a cocoa ride, which I think would be just it's a no, oh, it's a no brainer that they should do that. But it hasn't actually been mentioned yet. But it's been like under they're working on something with cocoa. Right now. I know that because yeah. it's still the largest movie ever in Mexico. Mm. That's a cool film too. Oh, such a good movie. Um, but basically it's a 900 million dollar project and what's so important about that is they only did 500 million dollars of expenditures last year so they had planned to do another 400 extra million this year and they're basically canceling all that out and pausing it and they might not redo some of them i mean the Mm -hmm. sense it's already been started because like they're repainting the the um the Cinderella Castle, um, that's obviously going to have to be finished because they're partway done with it. Right. They have to finish the Tron ride because they're already into construction on it. it was just, I mean, they've already laid concrete and all that stuff. And they've already started laying tracks. So they've got to finish that. But I don't think they've started on the Moana stuff yet. So that could get pushed back or canceled. Um, there's a, yeah, canceled out, there's right, a yeah. statue that a whole bunch of people were looking forward to, which was a bronze of Walt actually sitting on steps that you could like sit next to and pose with and everything. And, oh, that would be so and cool. People are hoping that that's actually already been commissioned because if it is and it's an expenditure, it's already been dealt. But if it hasn't, then that might have to go by the wayside. It's just, it's, mm. it's all up in the air right now with this, uh, with this pause, yeah. but they're going to have to, because one, you, you can't really socially distance while doing some construction projects. I mean, you have to have multiple people working in close proximity, but in second, you just, you know, they don't have the money right now. Right. Well, they don't have the the money coming in that they exactly. normally right. do. I mean, right? yeah. And if they'd already put out, you know, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars, that's why they're wide open to the. I mean, there's been rumors of a hostile takeover by Apple for the last couple months because Disney stock is dropping, and um, they they're so overextended because of the Epcot expansion um, that they really have. That's why they've had to furlough so many employees is because they they don't have much um, fluid equity right now. And so um, Apple was thinking about trying to do a hostile takeover where they'd be able to take over, I think, 10% of their stock and then just go and make a bid for it. And can you imagine if Apple were to take over all this stuff? They just, uh, it would be, I, I, would, I couldn't imagine. I, mean, I, I, I like Apple, but Disney's the house of imagination. It, I mean, it's yeah. so Marvel, so Star Wars. They, they all are. I think Amazon or Amazon, Apple would just take the soul out of it. You know what I mean? Well, we're all Apple uh, users, yes. Phones, yeah. yeah. Don't get me wrong, oh, yeah, for sure. The, and yeah. computers yeah. and Mac users yeah, I mean, and everything else. I'm a, I mean, I'm a PC person when it comes to computer, but I love my iPhone. Don't get me wrong. And same. I think Steve Jobs is a revolutionary. I mean, iTunes broke, you know, broke the the music industry. Um, it's it's just I don't think that they are capable to handle the imagination side of it they'd be able to handle the i think the imagineering side of it because they're great engineers at apple 
but I don't think they will be able to handle the marketing or the, the, the children's side of it as well as Disney just has, you know, a hundred years of experience doing. Well, I mean, think about this though. If you're Apple and you end up taking over Disney, your best place to do nothing. Let them be themselves. Absolutely. And just make money. Just have the company and keep everybody in place yep. and let them do their thing. Absolutely. You know? I mean, I, the thing is, I just don't know if Tim Cook would be able to do that. I mean, right. some of the biggest things that Disney owns right now started as Apple projects. I mean, That's Pixar true. started Pixar. as an Apple project. Yeah. Um, Skywalker Sound started as an Apple project. But, it was, but why, it was, why else was would you? Why, why? Why else would you buy Disney? Right. You're not buying Disney to turn it into Apple TV, like no, and they're not buying it for for the profit they're going to get in the next ten years. They they would buy it for the profit they're going to get in the next fifty years. Right. right. What are you going to say, Will? Uh, but don't you think Disney influenced the new Star Wars movies? Maybe not in the most um, productive productive way. <laughs> I, I, I think it depends on how you look at it. I'll be honest with you. It, it I think theatrically. Yeah, it's been divisive in the theater. I think what they're doing on Disney Plus right now, especially with The Mandalorian and what they've done with the animated stuff, like Rebels and um and the and the Clone Wars or whatever. I mean, that's it's amazing. It's yeah, that's been amazing. Absolutely phenomenal. The, the one so, the one thing that Disney does well is Disney recruit phenomenally well, right? And so, for example, if you go back 20 years ago, when they brought in Lasseter, I mean, Grand Grand Lasseter worked for Disney and Animation forty years ago, but they brought him back in Pixar. They recruited Brad Bird after he did Iron Giant. They they recruited John Favreau to do Iron Man, and they've just they they do these. What they the mistake they made when they were relaunching the Star Wars stuff is they're taking the flash in the pants, right? Instead of instead of recruiting and starting them small like Marvel's writing. Uh, uh, you know, Marvel's writing Academy, you know, where they get people to do the writing and then they get up into directing. So that's how the Russos came up, right? You don't have that stuff where Russos start off small and then they get the big budget movies, right? Like they do now. They're trying to get somebody like John Trank, Josh Trank to, to come in after doing one big movie and all of a sudden hit it out of the park. And they just can't do that. Colin Trevorrow is the same thing, right? They get a flash in the pan and that's the problem that Kathleen Kennedy was making. And I think if you had Iger making the choices or uh, why am I drawing a blank? Who's in charge of uh, Marvel? Um, I can see him. Feig? Feige? Kevin. Yeah, yeah. Kevin Feige. Thank you. Yeah. Kevin yeah. Feige. If you had somebody, because they are not only awesome at recruiting talent, but training them over the course of, of the long haul. If, if, if Kathleen Kennedy had that skill, which I don't think she does, then it would be better. You don't, because see, this is where I'm going to disagree a little bit. Like, I think Kathleen Kennedy was the one who was super influential in setting everything up for the Mandarin, for the Mandalorian. Um, And I thought she did a good job with that. I feel like from what I've heard from my little insiders is (laughs) that there was pressure for the first film to be um, done super quick. And um, to make it more of a uh, similar flavor. Those were the words that were used. When originally... It was basically a New Hope Redux. That's why. Exactly. And where she did take her biggest risk in The Last Jedi, which personally, I can understand why people were upset with that film, but I loved it. Same. I love that movie. (laughs) I think it was amazing. 
Exactly. I'm a huge um, Ryan Johnson fan. I liked it mostly for the risks it took. Exactly. Yeah. And, but but see, that's but that's one of my things is that he, that's one of the people that they've recruited in and they're trying to build them up like, nope. over the course <laughs> of these years, right? Yeah. Um, what I like about them, but we'll get to it here in a second, but the, the news is uh, bringing in Taiki Watiti. And it's just somebody who had an established track record who they recruited into Marvel and now they're recruiting him over into Star Wars, right? It's the same sort That's of thing. No that, it's the them. same sort of thing that Favreau did, right? Mm-hmm. Favreau, you know, made his bones on his own independent movies. They knew that he could run a, a, a run things on a budget, which Disney loves. Um, and then they brought him in. He knocked it out of the park with Iron Man. He's plus they need to have He's a hell of a storyteller, right? And they need to have idea guys. And that's what Ryan Johnson is. Ryan Johnson has great ideas, right? Unfortunately, Josh Trank and Colin Trevorrow weren't idea people. They had yeah. they had good they had good um, material to work with, but they weren't the idea people. I still liked Rogue One, but anyway, no, uh, Rogue One is great. <laughs> Nick, what were you saying? You you were you were anti. Uh, I, I saw your face. Yeah, no, Last Jedi just fell short for me altogether. Yeah. So it, it did Fair take enough. it did take some risks, but I you didn't like the risks <laughs> that they took. No, yeah. and I it wasn't believable to me. Right. Okay. You don't think it was believable that Luke got bitter? That's also Star Wars, See, right? I mean, that's not what I'm mad about. That's what I don't. <laughs> okay. Like. Okay. What do you? I would have been anything better. involving <laughs> Ray and um. Kylo loved, uh-huh. absolutely loved. The rest of the rebels, though, hated it. I, I think this, they lost, didn't I like it the, over the trilogy. I think they lost a total chance to uh, over to completely develop Poe and Finn um, because yeah, they had some sure. great backstory stuff that came out in the comics. Like, I want to know what yeah. the hell happened with Poe and the Life Tree. I mean, this is a yeah. kid who grew up around a Force-sensitive tree, and that's probably why he's such a great pilot. Mm-hmm. But they don't but delve never anywhere into that in the movies. Exactly. <laughs> it, it, yeah, I, and I, I feel Finn's character, um, just it was flat. This movie. Yeah, it was the oh, same. It was the same well, antics all over again, and it's just like, okay, we've seen that. Like, meh. and I still don't know why he's so obsessed with Ray. <laughs> because yeah. you don't, you don't understand why he's so obsessed with Ray. It's like she saw him as a good person right away, and he was instead in of a stormtrooper. Regime. Come on, man. Where's your heart, Nick? I agree with what you're. I agree with what a lot. I agree. Yeah, but I think Nick has a point in everything. He does. That he's I'm saying. just messing with him. The military view. That's where you I. You have come a from. point. We're just screwing with you, man. But you, but you're right. I mean, it's not it's not flushed out enough. I think why no. he's so obsessed with her. But at the same time, it it's there. But you have to like. But if you I were just a, a little. Yeah, you have to. You have to bring that closer to the surface to yeah be, to tell the right story because you know? that's what they did with kylo and ray and the kiss at the end mm-hmm. made sense to me because it was like they've been doing this good side dark yeah. side battle with each other in their own heads for how long yeah. they've connected on a level that no one else has and with with finn it wasn't ever explained it may have been one way right yeah. but it wasn't ever openly explained that way right and it well, was just like they spent mm. the whole second movie not even they weren't even together that whole movie yeah. right i mean it's super weird but anyway mean, yeah yeah it, it, I, w- I wanted more finn is what i really wanted oh we all wanted more finn and and pose pose character just felt out of place too like a little bit too over the top and from a military perspective like the whole org structure and everything and like all this other stuff it, it didn't make sense to me and I have it got a, a little problem. clunky in that movie. I think between like 
Poe and the uh I guess the brass or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like that was a little murky, I think. I agree with you. Yeah, and per this is personal preference. Having an evening or a ball gown as your military outfit just didn't do it for me. Oh, for Admiral Holdo? Or yeah, Leia? Good, any of them. What about any of them? Le- Le- I mean, Leia makes sense. She's a princess. But Holdo, yeah. oh, her character was pretty on point for someone who's not going to put up with bullshit. <laughs> but it's like, I can't take, I-, I cannot take it serious because you're presenting something different than what she is. And it really was like, for me, it was jarring. And I'm curious to, what you think of that, Will. What do you think of the dress, Haldo? I don't know why we're talking about Haldo's dress, but maybe that's the name will? of the episode. Which Will? You. <laughs> um, okay, so I think there is a point of when we have military leaders that are women in shows that we somehow have to feminize them in a traditional sense. And I agree with Nick. It doesn't make sense. Yes, you know doesn't. What I think is interesting about Leia is Leia... Um, We've seen her in the in uh, a Force Awakens have that more like structured military garb, and we've seen her both teeter this princess type of feel, but also this very like military type of feel. And I think for her background, people would expect her sometimes to have a flash of royalty that would be yes. different than there. Haldo, who I loved her as a character, I thought she was brilliant, but I have, yeah, to, I, I have to agree with Nick. Like, I understand why that's frustrating, because it's like you always yeah. have to, like, feminize them. It, so what much. I don't get is that, that's, that the original trilogy hit it on the head with, with Leia. She was great, because in the first movie, she she was in her dress because she was supposed to be a princess on a diplomatic mission. But once mm-hmm. she became tactical, bam, it was pants all the time and always matching the environment, because she was supposed <laughs> to fit in with what she was doing. And, well, until she was enslaved, but that's a different. Well, that's a totally different thing. And <laughs> I'm she, joking, also ki- she also killed Jabba the Hutt in that slave outfit, and I would exactly. like to call it. The, I want to return that outfit to the Hut Slayer outfit. <laughs> Absolutely, okay? she choked him to death. Can we just oh, yeah, call it the Slayer outfit? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, look at look at Queen Amidala, Padme. Yeah. When mm-hmm. she was a badass, she was a badass. She dressed like it. She carried a gun, like. She didn't hold back, right? Except for when the animal just happens to cut her off her clothes, but not oh, her yeah, body that was at that. all. <laughs> yeah, that was that. <laughs> okay, so no, for you, every but- six-year-old boy out there, here you go. <laughs> Padme, who uh, everyone wanted well, that. You know, George had to throw something yeah. out there for that. But but yeah. you're right though. And and Padme did a good job. I mean, that was part of her character. She depend it fit the her dress fit the situation and who mm-hmm. she was trying to portray. At any given point. Can we yeah. all agree that, that, that George Lucas is a little bit of a creepy douche sometimes? I mean, he, this is a guy who well, told yeah. uh, told uh, Carrie Fisher Carrie. that yeah that she could not wear a bra because they didn't have underwear in space. And so any of her outfits, she's not wearing a bra or, or underwear, basically, because Lucas said, hey, they don't have it. I'm like, that's kind of creepy. But, do you know what's uh, funny? You- <laughs> no, go ahead, Marshall, go. I just, it, I, and I've heard that before. Mm-hmm. It just makes me laugh. Like, in the future or in our time in a galaxy far, far away, when they are flying spaceships, they couldn't figure out how to, to hold boobs up. Like really, George, really bro. <laughs> Question though. Do we need yeah. to hold boobs up? I'm, I'm, I'm okay with bras. I'm okay with that. But I'm, I, I really want to hear the from, I really want to hear from Will here though, because as somebody who actually knows Carrie and Billy, I want to, I want to know what your thoughts on this are. <laughs> um, I mean, Carrie really, um, would laugh about it 
And I know, like, especially when it comes to her and being in the um, Hut Slayer outfit, that's what I'm calling it from now on. Um, yeah. She would always, she would always remind people when they would come up, but like, didn't you feel like, um, cause you know, they consider Carrie and Leia like very feminist. Like she did take charge. She was. Oh, absolutely. And she used to be like, yeah. And you know what happened? I murdered that monster in a bikini and I did it <laughs> great. And so I won. I have to say what George did right about those films is the camera never sexualizes Leia at all. True. True. Mm-hmm. Never, yes, I will give it that. Never, it never glances up. And I think, you know, a part of me is like George was a product of his time. Oh, absolutely. But at, this, at the same time, though, George was revolutionary in creating a character that did take charge, that she wasn't just someone in waiting. And he was lucky enough to have someone as brilliant as Carrie who can pull that off. Because if you've ever met her, have you guys ever met her? Oh, no. at all at like any fan thing i wish i had i'm just checking because he, he, he asked that like really you haven't like yeah, yeah. <laughs> dumbass <laughs> but like if you if you ever had gotten a chance to meet carrie is that and i said this on just keep writing but i'll say this all the time she's everything you would expect and more she was strong but at the same time she was vulnerable she was kind at the same way that she can be firm and tell people to like you know fuck off basically yeah. um so i think you know it's just what i think of her as yeah. a person i mean two two things here really quick one well one thing i just love about carrie is how how authentic she always seemed right it's like i loved postcards from the edge that she wrote because it's basically about her and her and her mom and mm-hmm. first of all i mean how often can you get meryl streep and shirley mclean to play you and your mom i mean come on right but that is just so brilliantly written but i also love the the scene in blues brothers where she's in the tunnel with the with the machine gun and i'm like that's like total at the time carrie was i think 18 when she filmed blues brothers maybe 19 and mm-hmm. i'm like that's just in, incredible that that scene too but going back to george lucas i mean marshall and, and george are almost from the same hometown i mean you know what it's like to grow up in the central valley marshall and it's i'm, I'm oh, yeah. guessing it's fairly misogynistic i used to cruise the same streets that uh that he shot American Graffiti. He said Cruz Modesto, McHenry Boulevard. Yeah, I mean, in so. in I mean, it's it's a hardcore ranching farming community mm-hmm. that is rather misogynistic. Oh yeah, for sure. We got through a couple stories. Um, I guess we should continue. Uh, do you want to do you want to talk about the RIP or do you want to move on? Yeah, this one kills me. I was so upset to hear that, that Sam Lloyd unfortunately passed away. Um, and I loved Scrubs. Yeah, if you if you don't, it be just you have to know him from Scrubs. He played the uh, the the sad sack lawyer, the lawyer, yeah. and uh, he was fantastic in that. He had one of my favorite bit parts on West Wing, which is one of my favorite shows of all time. Uh, he plays a UFO enthusiast who is uh, fascinated with it, taking over the the family business that his dad had about UFOs. Um, he's just a phenomenal actor, and um, I, I just go back to Scrubs and him and. Um, uh, what's her name? Um, the Elliot character? No, the the brunette that he ended up marrying in the in the show. I have to go back and think. I anyway, but she's fantastic. He, just yeah. yeah, he he is just just fantastic, and he had a great voice too. I mean, he was a barbershop quartet singer. Yeah, and just really talented, so musician. talented, and it just like, and he would bust out in songs sometimes in Scrubs. Absolutely, and it was great. And yeah. uh, just one of the 
uh, your quintessential character actors. And I was just, I was so bummed to hear that he passed away. And the fact that it wasn't COVID related either, you just see he, yeah. he ended up having a, a tumor, I think of some sort. He had a brain tumor that spread and he was only 56. Um, I think he had just had a kid too, not too long mm-hmm. ago, um, mm-hmm. which is a really too bad. So, um, well, I just had to put that in there because that bummed me out. I heard it on a couple different other podcasts and I was like, well, we usually do highlight um, folks who will be missed. Of course, as Kevin Smith says, and he definitely will be. So Kate Micucci is who I'm thinking of is who plays. Okay. She's fantastic. She, cause she does uh Garfunkel and Oates is uh, with, okay. um, oh, with uh, somebody else. I can't remember. She's part of a comedy duo, but um, yeah, they're just, they're, quirkiness was just great and mm-hmm. sam sam Lloyd is fantastic and just the fact that he's only 12 years older than i am is just yeah. scary that- and then there's that don't think about that um so these next couple things i just want to go through really quick i want to kind of get to what we've been watching under quarantine right now um because there's a lot of amazing stuff amazing content out there new stuff old stuff re- stuff we're revisiting that kind of thing and and speaking of scrubs my my family and i um started watching scrubs um together uh, not too long ago. And I just, I, it was one of the first sitcoms uh, my wife and I um, watched binged. Like we would rent the DVDs from the rental place that used to, that used to be a thing, young folks out there. <laughs> um, but uh, I miss you know, those we were, days. We, I know. Same. I miss going to the rental store and, and getting those. And hey, we watched, we, we, we loved scrubs and that was just something. And it's nice to be kind of share that kind of stuff with my kids. But um I want to get to some streaming stuff. Uh, Disney plus news, obviously um, for May the 4th, there's some news around that. The big thing is that all nine movies now are being streamed on Disney plus uh, rise of Skywalker came out on the fourth. Um, have any of you guys watched it again uh, at home? I haven't watched it yet. I'm oh, I've watched weekend. it like five times. Oh, have you? Okay. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. watched it once at home um, since, um, yeah, and it holds up. It's good. Um, I think, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a little bit too much of a minor fan service that I don't think absolutely needed to be in there, like having uh, Lando's possible daughter be connected in there somehow. Right. You know, you could have that. Donna. Yeah, you could have that great character there without having to fan service back to the original trilogy. I mean, you could have Lando and you kept to John, but you don't have to have them that they could possibly be related. You know what I mean? Not everybody yeah. is connected in a galaxy far, far away. I mean, let's be honest here. If they didn't want to do that, they wouldn't have done the first movie the way they did. <laughs> true, yeah. true. Um, so that aside, um, also we also premiered the first episode of the Mandalorian documentary series that is on Disney Plus. And I guess the first episode, I haven't watched it yet. Um, I'm gonna kind of let them bank up. I think mm-hmm. I I have a hard time watching documentary series one at like a time in one at a time. Yeah. So I'll probably let two or three build up and then watch, watch them together. Um, but the first one I think is focused on the direction of the Mandalorian, which obviously John Favreau um, and, and his crew and stuff. So I'm looking forward to it. I just haven't watched it yet. Who thinks that they need to come back with the second season of the Imagineering story? I'm waiting. I, that was, I seen okay. it. Oh, it's phenomenal. I, I've so watched it, good. I think, twice all the way through, and I will pick and choose random ones to watch. I love that series. There's only six episodes, right? Yeah. Um, and that's the kind of thing, like I said, I let a couple of them bank up, and then I watch them, and I was like, okay, I have to keep, I want this to continue. And so, do we know if that's continuing? Uh, probably not. Yeah. Maybe they did bring it up to modern times. I mean, what they could do is keep the concept of imaginary story, but go into, instead of just doing 
theme parks they could bring up like do a six episode season on pixar or a six episode mm-hmm. season on marvel you know what i mean i think that would be a phenomenal way to do it um, because imagineering isn't just you know theme parks yeah. imagineering is incorporating skywalker sound or pixar animation you know it's mm-hmm. the same sort of concept because they're software engineers they're sound engineers there's a whole bunch of yeah. different engineers they're not all mechanical well, if you guys haven't watched it, you guys should check that series out. It's really good. Oh, but anyway, the Mandalorian series, maybe we'll come back in a few weeks and talk about the Mandalorian series, but when it's done. So um, I thought possibly we could watch this trailer, but we mentioned it earlier in the in the show and I want to move on. But uh, Netflix hasn't dropped their new Space Force trailer. It looks hilarious. I'm really, looking for, I'm really looking forward to Space Force. I love Steve Carell and it's some of the same producers and directors right from the office and that yeah, kind of it's, thing it's, so um, it's mostly him and greg daniels um mm-hmm. who um greg daniels did is the creator and writer of upload um but he got, oh yeah. yeah but he got his start actually I, I read up a little bit about him he and conan o'brien basically have a, a mirrored careers right because they both got their mm-hmm. start on not necessarily the news they both worked on saturday night live they both both worked on um simpsons and they kind of split off and conan went to go do his own thing and Greg Daniels went over to do um, The Office. He did, uh, I think he worked on Community for a little while with Dan Armin. So he's done a whole bunch of stuff. And then he finally did his own thing with Upload, which we'll get to. is phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to that. Uh, so this is the time of the show because we only have a couple, honestly, like two more things I wanted to even talk about this week. Um, but I wanted to kind of, the chunk of this, obviously, we went off on some tangents, but I want to check in with you guys to see what you've been what you've been watching, anything new, something you suggest to the listeners, um, and that kind of thing uh, in, in this segment. So here we are. Uh, do you want who wants to start? I'll start. Nick, you go. Nick, start. <laughs> oh, thanks, One L. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, classic 1L. By the way, I was... <laughs> that sounds like a, that Kryptonian name, 1L. <laughs> Ooh. For real. Um, I was actually on a work messaging system Slack, and I said, hey, I will go do this. And I typed in capital W-I-L and sent Word. it. And I was like, oh, I guess that is wrong. Okay. <laughs> so used to your name. Uh, so... I'm binging right now, surviving R. Kelly. It's all on Netflix. There's oh my three God, different so series on this. It it is depressing. I don't this, know if I can do it. It makes you. It makes me mad. Right? Oh, yeah. Like it's natural reaction for me. It makes me mad. It makes me want to go get on steroids and go to the gym eight hours a day and buy all the guns <laughs> I can because I got a five year old <laughs> daughter now. You know, you, I don't know. I hear you. It, it's but it's a great story. It's it's impactful. To me, I feel like it's kind of empowering for the victims. Oh, absolutely. To put their story out there. And I hope it empowers other people. Um, and there's and like I said, there's three parts to it, right? There's the original HBO documentary, or was it Stars? I can't remember. E- either one. Then there's the what happened after. And then there's what happened after part two. Like it's still going on. Like he was just charged again for some stuff this year. Yeah, he he, got he's trouble in jail recently. right now, I think. Yeah. But like this shit is like drama movie shit. Like, you're like, <laughs> how is this happening? And the thing is, you think about okay, well, this has just been kind of oh, this has just been in the major news for like the last five years or so, but it goes back to 30, Aaliyah. Yeah, I know it goes back to Aaliyah. Years. Mm-hmm. Before well, and that's Aaliyah. what I, I couldn't figure out what you guys were talking about. Um, because I came into the text chain 
a little late this oh, afternoon yeah. or this evening because I was making dinner and we we're watching TV. And then I came to prep for this. I was like, what the hell? What are we talking about, Aaliyah? And now I get it. But um, anyway. Yeah, it, it's just crazy. So I've been I've been bitching that. Obviously, I'm rewatching Tiger King with my wife because she hasn't seen it. Will. OK, guys. Dude. 1L. Nick. Yeah. Greg's here. Straight up refuses to watch Tiger King. Mm-hmm. And I tried to convince him last time we talked just to give it a chance because it's not like, you know, you're jumping on the bandwagon or anything. It's just like this perfect storm of chaos that you can't stop watching, but it's not in a way of like shitty TV. Like oh, it's no. really well done. I know. Well, the frustrating thing is, is, and this is going to go back to John Oliver. You guys are going to convince him. Is John Oliver did an episode about Joe exotic like three years ago. And I remember that episode. I'm like, okay, well, I feel like I know most of the story. Uh-huh. Plus, I'm not a big, well, I know. Plus I'm just not a big fan of animal mistreatment documentaries. And, but you also don't see any of it. I know, but you, it's, it's actually not an animal mistreatment documentary. It is a murder for higher plot. Exploitation. These people exist, which I get. It's just, I, okay, <laughs> I, I might be convinced into it, especially with the, the new, the new Nick Cage news, because he's one of my guilt. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, they we picked the well, wrong we, person for that. Honestly, we might as well. I don't know about that. No, Nick I, Cage no. gets into some crazy. If you want to, when he gets into a character, know, dude. If you want to hear the, so over yeah. the top, is Joe Exotic not the most over the Absolutely. top person if you've you ever wanna, met? If you want to hear the best story about how Nick Cage acts, watch the Inside the Actor Studio with John Travolta, and the James Lipton is asking John Travolta about filming Face Off with Nick Cage. And and they both come from a very um, overacting um, vaudevillian type of acting families, right? Both the Travoltas and, and the Coppolas kind of come from that that sort of breed, right? And so well, Nick is a Coppola, isn't he? Yeah, Nick Cage is a Coppola. Yeah. Nick's yeah. real last name is Coppola, right? Right. So, um, and, you know, Travolta's aunt was an actress, you know, th- this whole thing, right? But Travolta answers his question with this story about their first day on set on, on that. And uh, he says that he and Nick Cage kind of like pulled each other aside and goes, well, what sort of acting we're going to do here. Right. I mean, like, how are we going to play this stuff? It's John Woo, but it's an over the top script. So what are we going to do? And Nick Cage says, Nick Cage just looks at John and says, follow my lead. Right. And so then he just goes like Uber, Uber over the top, which if you haven't they're seen face off, they're so over the movie. top during the movie. Right. And so after the first take, John just looks at Nick and says, oh, we're doing that kind of acting. <laughs> and I'm like, that is quintessential description of Nick Cage. Yeah. But and and we have this we have this um, story later we were going to talk about. But Nick Cage is slated to play the Tiger King in a new scripted TV series um, based off of the documentary or whatever. I have no interest in seeing that, if I'm being honest, but. I do like Nick. See, Cage, I'd so be more likely it. to watch that, even though I, I know you huge, would. You're crazy. No, even though I'm watch a huge, the damn documentary. I'm a huge documentary fan. Documentary, doc, documentary yeah. fan. Right. Say the words. Yeah. Um, I love documentaries. Right. I can. I can't get enough of them. But I would actually be more more likely to watch the Nick Cage version. Yeah. Anyway, back to what Nick's watching. You you need to watch the Tiger King. Just watch it. Yeah. Okay. And, and if, I'll, I'll put it on my list, but it's not number one on my list right now. Uh, if one else says to watch it, then you have to watch it tonight. Well, I'm just going to be honest. I've only seen bits and pieces of the Tiger King. Well, okay. I, I already have what, I'll, and I'll get to when we get to mine. I'll tell you what I'm going to be watching tonight, but go ahead. 
All right. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All right. All right. For the sake, I think both Wills need to just watch the damn documentary. For the sake of it. argument, you both yeah. have to watch it and tell me who's going to be better on the role, Nick Cage or Thomas Lennon. In our chat that we have with our little Zoom meeting, Thomas Lennon went on the Colbert show as the Tiger King already. Okay, well, really? Thomas Lennon Nailed is it. one of the most underrated people in Hollywood. I love Thomas Lennon. <laughs> he, my favorite role he's ever done was 17 again. Oh, he was the hilarious was in that. Only good because of him. Oh, he was hilarious in that. Um, but what I love is I, I, I used to watch At Midnight religiously, right? Because I loved Chris Hardwick and everything. But I just loved it when Thomas Lennon was on there because one, he almost never won, which was hilarious because he was the boss. I mean, he was the, the executive producer of the show and Chris Hardwick would like kowtow to him occasionally. And it's just, it's hilarious, but he would never like get any slack. But he, Thomas Lennon is fantastic. Oh, yeah. Right, he's, Nick, what else are you watching? Great. Um, once upon a time. Oh, yeah. That is I want to go back classic. to that, honestly. I will tell you, I will tell you that one of my, uh, one of my, we watched the first couple of seasons. One of my friends from high school is in that. Oh, oh, yeah. who? Uh, Ian Bailey. He played, uh, um, oh, do you play Hook or did he play Pinocchio? I can't remember. He was also in Band of Brothers. He was in Fight Club. Oh, um, sweet. He played the male boy in Fight Club. He was in one of the guys in Band of Brothers. Um, his actually his first role was in a hiatus uh, show that took over for Party of Five back in the '90s called Significant Others, and he played uh, Jennifer Garner's love interest in her first show. Jennifer Garner. And so wow, that, that's crazy. If you look back, it was Ian Bailey, Jennifer Garner, and Adam Goldberg were all in this show together, and I think Adrian Pazdar was in it too, but I can't remember. Um, but he was oh, Adrian. He, he won an Emmy for uh in starring Poncho. Oh no, he was he won an Emmy for a daytime Emmy for uh uh and then the party started or party something. And then he was in and starring Pancho Villa as himself. He was in center stage, he was on ER for like 10 episodes. He's done quite a bit of stuff. But the most recent thing is he he was on Once Upon a Time for a while. Sweet. Anything else, Nick? No, that's uh that's about it right now. I mean uh, started Star Wars Clone Wars first. Season. Oh, finally. Finally. No, we're almost done with the first. We're over halfway through the first season. We're watching only a, a few every couple days with the family, but I wanted to watch it with, I wanted to get my kids back into it. We really, we enjoy it. I mean, we loved Rebels and all that. I mean, we're going to watch it. I will but say it's it's, it's going to take us a while to catch up. I will obviously. say as a Star Wars fan, I've actually never watched the Clone Wars. Okay, I know. Well, I, I was only holding know, off because I of like Rebels. I liked Resistance. I just have. I I just, <laughs> we haven't watched Tire King. Okay, else, did so I just, did are, I just ruin my opportunity for possibly getting a job just because I have? Yeah, watched yeah, 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 yeah. yeah you, you blew it. No, it's the Tiger it. King one. Yeah, so. <laughs> that's that's strike two. Well, that's two. I don't know, man. If you get one more, I think one L is just gonna log off. Well, look, I'm just saying, <laughs> you're doing a pop culture podcast, and there's yeah. nothing more than pop culture than the Tiger King. Yeah, it's it's, it's kind of brutal. Yeah, there's right a now. difference between pop culture and pop medium, and mm. culture is culture. I don't find Tiger King to be culture all that just much. Just watch the first ten minutes, and if you it stop is, watching it, great. I think I didn't watch the last episode. So it's not like I haven't seen it. Okay, um, I, will, I will tell you this: if if you guys if you guys commit to coming back on our next podcast, whether it be in two weeks or so, I will guarantee you that I will have watched the Tiger King by then. How's that? Done. Yeah, done. Right, committed. Okay, I'll do that. And I and I will you heard it here first will, live on Twitch. And I will make sure I watch at least <laughs> the first season of, of of Clone Wars. There you go. 
All right. Oh, okay, good. Uh, let's go to Will with 1L. What you watching? Uh, the Clone Wars. I just watched yeah. the last episode. I'm not going to give away any spoilers, but yeah, I have please to say no that. Spoilers. I'm not going to give you spoilers. I know how upset you get. I've been avoiding stuff like every time I see something Clone Wars, like on Twitter or anywhere, I have to just scroll past it because I don't want spoilers. And I have a while to go. Yeah, let me just say this about the final episode. It is haunting. That show makes the prequels so much better. And if they actually had that standout writing, especially with the um, from season three on, if they had that type of quality of writing with the scripts of the movies, it would have been a totally different series because this series made me like Anakin and it actually made it that more heartbreaking to his turn in Vader. And Ahsoka, I think, is the only animated character in the majority of Western TV um, that you actually see her have a real full character arc and you see her grow. And I think it's amazing. Well, and and on that note, too, I was thinking about revisiting the prequels, like the whole series, obviously, with my kids, because I'll be like, oh, you, I remember I'll remind them. I was like, remember when this happened in the prequels? They're like, no. I'm like, oh god. So I kind of want to rewatch the prequels. Would you suggest when I'm done with the Clone Wars to go back then and rewatch the prequels? No, them? I I would watch. Um, I would watch the prequels before you get to season six. Before six, okay. Well, I was just curious a, a time frame. Filoni is such yeah. a phenomenal writer. Yeah, Filoni's uh, amazing. For as much yeah. as Lucas is a great storyteller, he's a horrible writer. Mm-hmm. Right? He can yeah. tell a great story. He can't write it for shit. Um, especially when it comes to dialogue exactly which is horrible that's why it's so frustrating like he learned that with the with the pre with the original trilogy because like he learned that a new hope was all silted and jaunted but then he passed it off for the the second and third movies for the writing and it got infinitely better i just Mm -hmm. wish he had done that with the with the prequel trilogy right um so besides the clone wars anything else well i mean i've rewatched community i needed like a good pick-me-up so i've rewatched every episode yeah, it's and, gonna be something um, I'm gonna go back to when I'm done because you, you, you guys texting about it back and forth. I'm like, God damn it, I'm not on the episode yet. And then we started watching the D and D episode a couple of nights ago, and I was like, This is what these fuckers have been talking about. And I was dying, dude. I was dude, dying. It was so funny. <laughs> I just want to do that over Zoom now. Is play D and D with you guys, right? <laughs> we can make I've it never happen, played. Dude. I've never played. Really? Yeah, no, I, told, I told you why. Oh right! I'll put a I'll put a thing together. It took a we'll, couple we'll decades of Marshall hounding me to actually do it, and I finally did. And what I love is I created a <laughs> I created a a half orc. He's a DM's nightmare. By I the am. Way. Will I am a, I'm a half orc who actually goes by a human name, but he's also a pickpocket. Oh, I love it! It's Same. hilarious. Oh, I love it. I love it. I I really want to play. It's I just you know I never did because you know my mom she was really strict yeah. when it came to that. Yeah. Well, it's a ton of fun, and I I'm supposed supposed to be um, getting my group back together at some point. Yeah. But I'd love to uh, I'd love to get a group. Um, have you guys do a little short campaign or something? Be fun over Zoom. Um, yeah. We can use there's some there's some specific D and D software you can use to make it easier too. And I use D and D Beyond, so that's even. Easier I will tell stuff. you that that was one of my 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 favorite meets that we did. Uh, I think it was three Comic Cons ago. We met the guy who runs Critical Role. Remember we met oh, him at, yeah. at Pac Bell Park? Not Pac Bell Park, uh, uh, Petco Park. At Mercer? Matt, yeah. yeah. And totally a cool guy. 
Um, cause yeah. we, cause Mar- Marshall and I had actually gotten lucky enough to, to run into Felicia day. Like I think what, four or five years in a row. Yeah. Um, or five years. Yeah. To the point where she was calling Marshall and I sock guys. <laughs> I always brought her socks from Pippi's. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I actually have a sign that, that, that right there is actually signed, um, by her right there. Yeah. I've got Has like, she been on the show yet. Oh no, she doesn't. She's not. I'm sure if we, let's not get crazy. I'm sure if we called it now, look at Will's face right now. Will. this is, this is what I get when I say, when he says, have you had her on the show yet? He gives me this cockeyed look like, yeah, like what's wrong with you? She didn't also meet a a thousand other people that day. I'm sure if we actually, (laughs) if we were able to get a hold of her and and like say the sock guys want to talk to you, she might answer whether she'll come on the show or not is another thing. Right. Oh, Uh, I think you can get her on the show. I can get her on. I know you could, of course, because you, you're you're like besties with her. <laughs> we go way back from Buffy. Oh, well, of course, Tony, dude. Well, let me ask dude. you this: How do you get us on someone else's show? That's what we want. I don't want that. I'm in. Well, uh, John Oliver, I can. I, yeah, Nick, what show do you want to go on? Don't care. Helen, I've been, on, go I've on, been on other podcasts before, but anyway, Ellen would be great, but still, John Oliver is my number one. Ellen. What, who doesn't love Ellen? Ellen's awesome. Yeah. Although I, do, I don't like the fact that she has a, Ellen. I'm sorry. I, was, I, was I, was, a, I have no desire to be on her what show. What is it? A, a cow thing that she has on her desk that she lifts up the tail and a cigarette pops out its butt on her on her oh, show? I, I had no idea. I don't know. I haven't yeah, really so watched you, her Because she's, she, she's a smoker off camera, right? So if you mm-hmm. if you ever look at her stage, like she's got this, like, this little like cow or dog or something. It's like a little figurine. And when you lift its tail, a cigarette will pop out its butt. <laughs> That's oh hilarious. I don't know if she has it anymore, but I remember I saw it on her on her set a few years ago. Um, my, anyway, because my sister we tangented did, again. Like, like you don't know we tangent, Marshall. Gee, I know. I'm just trying to keep. I'm looking at the clock here on my how long things have been recording, and it's making it's making me um, nervous. Are you getting a little, a little like broke breakout sweat? It's it's like okay. See, that's one right, reason can, why I'm glad I've never been. I can get this done tomorrow. At this point, I can get this done tomorrow. I'm just waiting for my <laughs> wife to text me and be like, "Are you done yet, or what?" Well, like, I know my kids already been out of bed. Kate already went to bed, came down and dealt with him. So now I'm like, "All right, not only can I get this done tomorrow, but I can also still be there for my." Okay, we're we're good. Okay, so who's talking? I'll, I'll jump. Who's in, next? I'll jump Will. in now. Okay, you're next. First of all, I just rebinged the entire run of the league, which was. Familiar. I stopped watching that like third season i watched I like all seven seasons in granted each season's only 13 episodes but i watched all seven seasons in like five days and uh i just love the so league it's, a lot of it's, TV. it's just it's a hilarious show um the league's great but then i just binged uh upload over the last two nights and that is phenomenal um well i'll jump on that bandwagon with the, you real the quick writing, i yeah the, i binged the i i watched the first six episodes last night yeah robbie amell is really <laughs> good in it and um um andy i can't remember her last name the the female lead she's fantastic she's really um, good it, it definitely makes you think throughout the entire run it ends on such a cliffhanger so they've got to do two seasons um it's fantastic uh the next thing i'm actually going to be starting tonight is the first episode of ryan murphy's new show hollywood because oh i'm interested to hear what you think about it okay because i'm have you have you started yet Will? No, i'm starting it tonight oh okay and okay. uh because i one i like i, I like about half the stuff that Ryan Murphy does. I kind of lost his interest in Glee after a couple of years, but I watched nine one one. Um, I, I loved, uh, I like American horror story. 
right? He, he's kind of hit or miss on some points. Um, so I'm kind of curious about this. I like the fact that he's um, not being totally truthful to history with it. He is definitely reimagining some stuff. I'm really interested to see how Jim Parsons does in it because he looks phenomenal because he's the person in Hollywood who he's playing the person in Hollywood who took Rock Hudson under his wing. Um, well, in the trailer, I mean, I don't know. Bill Parsons is really good either way. Jim, so he's but, just a good actor. Oh, yeah. Oh, so I say Jim, Bill. Jim. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, but um, it looks really good. Plus, it looks very stylized. I'm, I'm one of those people where I thought um, La La Land was both overpraised yet underappreciated at the same time. Um, because there's certain things that they did that I thought totally got missed. And I think it's the same sort of thing that they're going to be doing with this stylized differences. Like my favorite thing that La La Land did is if you ever watch their looping, their looping is just a little bit off. It's not perfect throughout most of the movie, because if you look at old Hollywood movies, their looping skills were horrible, right? Mm -hmm. Unless you got Rex Harrison who absolutely refused to loop and they always had a mic hidden in his tie. That's why those (laughs) characters always wore a tie because Rex Harrison would refuse to loop. But if you watch wow. La La Land, the looping is just a little bit off. And it's those little things like that, which take it back to Hollywood heyday that I love. Um, so I'm looking forward to Hollywood and I'm just kind of curious to see how they roll with it. Uh, other than that, um, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist just finished. And it's that show that I laugh and cry every single episode. Oh. Um, this whole season has had to deal with a, a dad with a degenerative illness. Um, unfortunately, my dad passed away You know, right about a couple months after I met Marshall. And, um, his was sudden, but it definitely took me back to that. Um, and it was the, the dad character is played by Peter Gallagher, who I just love. Um, but the entire cast of, of Zoe's extraordinary playlist is great. Uh, the music is fantastic. I just highly recommend it. Um, and then I also, whenever I don't know what to watch, I, I just keep watching old CSI and law and order. a little mix of er i'm now in season two of csi season three of er and i just hit season nine of uh, law and order which is also season one of svu so now i'm actually watching them in order back and forth crazy so i'm gonna go through my list pretty quickly i always divide mine up into three sections first is what i'm watching with my family so we've been watching we never watched any of the x-men movies and my kids love the Marvel movies, so we started watching. We watched the first three X-Men, and last night we watched uh, Last Stand. Not Last Stand. Um, uh, for, uh, first Class? First Class. First, first class. class, yeah. So we watched that last night, and that was great. Like I said, um, we've been having fun with that, and I, I really like those movies. I forget how much I like those movies. Um, Clone Wars, we've been watching the se- first season of that, which I'm stoked about. Uh, we watched Last Kids on Earth. Uh, I know Will one oh. else seen it, right? I love that great. show and I love the books. They're amazing. Yeah. I never read the books, but the, uh, the, we watched the, that uh, as a family. Go. And, oh, you They're got it. so nice, good. Dude. Yeah. They're, yeah I so, love them. I mean, have you watched the show, Nick? I, so I'm waiting. I'm forcing my seven year old to read this. Okay. Um, good, good, good call. But animation is on point with these little mini comic strips and things like that. Um, That's exactly what the show looks like from what I just saw. So. Here's. My only frustration with the book is they literally put my guess is like Nordic writing in there. Like, what do you mean? My seven year old has to pronounce, hey, I'll just show you. And it's like, I can't, I don't know what that is. Like, why is this in for kids? Like, they're doing like actual like runes or are they doing like Nordic language with like all the umlauts and everything? Nordic language. Can you guys I see can't that? really see it. No, what does it closer. say? Bigelow? 
Um, oh, it is. It's like old English. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. And my, yeah. and I'm having to tell my kid, like, dude, make it up. Don't care. Yeah. Bypass it. Skip it. <laughs> yeah. It, it is what it is. Like, yeah. that's my only quarrel with the book. But yeah. other than no, that, the show, the show's fun. Um, we really enjoyed it. It's really cute. Um, and also really good writing. Um, characters are great. It's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, we really enjoyed that. Um, as far as what I'm watching with the wife community, as I was saying before, we watched the mm-hmm. social distancing show with Trevor Noah every day. Um, which is like my only news. I feel like I can deal with, like, I see the headlines and stuff on my phone, but like, once I watch that, like it just kind of solidifies my day and I can move on and not think about other stuff. Um, I don't know if any of you guys have watched this, but have you guys watched that show, Dave? No, tell me about it. But uh, I, I, you have to watch this show. Okay, it's, it's, like rapper, know right? that. it's batshit crazy. It's this Jewish, skinny white dude, uh, trying to be a rapper. He gets his big break on this, um, this song. He's kind of making fun of himself, but also he's got this entourage. He wants to be part of the hip hop world. It's insanely good weird um fun and also has a lot of heart to it when you get into a few episodes um i can't recommend it enough it's so 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 good it's called dave watch it it's it's super definitely worth watching um by myself i watch a lot of documentaries i'm hung up on ariel america right now which is dumb but i watch it because i just love stuff like that they actually have a spinoff also called ariel city it's where it just covers major metropolitan areas i know i saw that and i was like well i have a thousand episodes of ariel america to watch so i guess i have i have plenty to watch um and then upload which i like i said i really enjoy that show i'm gonna finish it tonight the series i have four episodes left um and my short list right now is i had left upload on there is hollywood and picard has anybody watched picard yet i've seen every single episode five times oh wow that's it yes I'm obsessed. <laughs> I feel like we might need to do a special on that one. Can we? And I, I want to watch it and then I want to come back because I'm kind of waiting for my wife to watch it, but she wasn't as big of a fan of, she does like the next generation. I thought as far as sci-fi goes, I don't know. What do you guys think? I was trying to see if like a long running series that my kids would maybe enjoy. I really love next generation, but maybe I need to re go back and rewatch it and see if they would find it boring or not. But I, loved every episode of that you show know, for me i'm not a, i'm not a huge trek fan uh i i liked the movies but i never mm. really was able to get into the tv shows i don't know why i don't know if i just didn't give them their due and i should try um but i try next generation the uh, and deep space nine is really good too but okay and discovery is anyone watching discovery i haven't watched discovery mm. no uh, is that the one with no. Bacula? no that was enterprise i'm not oh, a trekkie no, let that's me the- just Enterprise Did, was Discovery is the more here. recent one that just is on the streaming service. Right? Oh, right. That they the did that, last year. Yeah, they've had two seasons before. Yeah. 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 It, it's just, I'm not really a Trekkie. I really loved uh, The Next Generation growing up. Um, yeah. Really, that's really truly the only one that I would say that I really loved. And I was unsure about Discovery, but I have to say the writing is brilliant. It's darker in the first season, but there's a reason for why it is and um you don't necessarily find out till the second season and it makes perfect sense and i just have to say like for once they didn't uh focus on the character who was the captain oh that's cool and i i thought that was brilliantly done that's a really good i didn't realize because every show is focused on the captain 
Yeah, of course. Yeah. Interesting. I just love good storytelling. As long as it's good mm-hmm. storytelling, then it, then I'm a, then I'm on board. You haven't watched Tire King, but that's <laughs> <laughs> Again, it's current pop culture. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna smack that beard off your face, man. Uh, you, you can't get through this, man. It's thick. Um, all right, so that's what we've been watching. I, I'm gonna, like I said, I'm really trying to make a concerted effort to like watch things I've been saying I was gonna watch and I haven't. Um, Community being one of them, and I'm really happy I started that one. Um, so the last couple of things I want to talk about, which we already talked about a little bit earlier was Taiko Atiti is confirmed for the star Wars movie, the new star Wars, um, a new star Wars film, uh, theatrical. So I don't know. Do we need to go back to this or are we good on this? Well, I, I feel think like we, we talked sh- about it. I feel like we should highlight the screenwriter that's actually with him. Do you know who it is? Mm-mm. I didn't know. Who is it? Go ahead and tell it us. Is, um, yeah, I'm going to tell you. Um, it is um, uh, Christy Wilson Carnes is to co-write it. And she's the one who also uh, wrote that oh, movie in 1917. Um, oh, okay. I think it's I think it's a really interesting choice mm-hmm. of p- pairing them because um, he is so funny. And I feel like he he really paints a picture, but she lasers in on. Mm-hmm. beats of a story and telling really powerful stories in a very short amount of time. It also says she co-wrote last night in Soho as well. Yep. Which I, I never saw that either, but wow. Okay. And then also cool. the, the new female uh, driven series by uh, Leslie Headland, who was the showrunner for Russian doll. Oh, well, okay. I don't know. I, if you heard, I don't know if you heard that. She's the one who's headlining the new female Ahsoka um, live series. Oh really? Oh, it's awesome. I'm I'm just saying it's going to be Ahsoka. I don't know. All right, oh, it's got to be. I mean, um, Marshall's a huge fan of Russian Doll. Um, yeah, that show is amazing. But uh, yeah, I mean, considering um, oh, Ahsoka's it. already been cast with uh, Rosario Dawson, right? Well, yeah. it's rumored. Well, that's in that's in the Mandalorian. They haven't officially come out with her. Well, well, Ahsoka's supposed to show up in the Mandalorian, right? Yeah, and then there's just rumors of more Ahsoka coming through. Okay. They better because I mean, it's, and this it's, it's honestly is this piggybacking off of Clone Wars, six, like the new season kind of stuff. You uh, think or the last episode, everyone know, of the Clone Wars. No, I, I just, I, <laughs> I just need y'all to get into it. I honestly, I don't, I don't think it's necessarily that. Um, I, I think the 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 seventh season of Clone Wars with Ahsoka is finally the waters hit the dam's edge and it's starting to crest over because it's just it's it's been bubbling up as Ahsoka's just been like the next main. Disney female or the next main well, star Wars. She showed up character. at the end of rebels too. Right, She showed and, up in rebels. She was in clone mm-hmm. wars. You know, she's just, uh, um, uh, what, what, why am I drawing a blank on, um, uh, the, the, uh, the voice actress's name. Um, um Amy, um, I know yeah. yeah, because she's yeah. married to the, the former Angels baseball player, yeah. um, which I did get to, I, I got a copy of her book autographed at Comic-Con last time I went. That was great. Uh, but yeah, Ashley Epstein, that's what I'm thinking of. Um, yeah. Yeah. So just the fact that she's been keeping the character alive for years, um, I just think it's finally hit that crest where the wave is just going to come over and we're going to get a whole bunch of content now. Well, you well, know, good. fans, when fans originally watched the show, they hated Ahsoka. She was not well liked the first two, three seasons. In the Clone seasons. Wars, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah she's yeah. like a whiny little girl, right? Yeah. She was like, <laughs> but she was, she was a great contrast for Anakin, who was a little over cocky. Um, right. Season five, though, I just need to say this real quick. The ending okay. of season five, 
also another haunting <laughs> ending. I just, I cried. I'm not going to lie. It's really good. Okay. I've been, I've been crying almost every show I watch lately. I, like the last three, uh, three episodes of nine one one, I've, I've cried. It's just like, I don't know. I, th- I think I got to get my medication re- reworked because I'm just crying at everything. Or we're all stuck at home and we're, we're, we're not emotional. We're, we're, we're dealing with it. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> Well, um, on really quick gaming news, um, Star Wars The Old Republic, I have gone back to, Will and I talked about it uh, last time we recorded. Um, I'm going to go back to it this weekend a little bit, I think, too, but um, they are having a bunch of in-game events. I have a link in the show notes to that. I've, and, I've been playing um, a 10 this week. Actually, I played for like double, three hours And double today. XP, was it? Double XP, Renown, and everything is is um, going on until June 16th, so it's a great time to get into the game and uh, level up some characters and have some fun. It's, talk about storytelling. This, the, the, um, the character class stories are phenomenal in that game. They are. They are great. All right. Gents, anything else? No. For my sanity, please say no. <laughs> well, actually, I've got this like, half-hour diatribe I want to go in. No, oh, kidding. stop it. <laughs> go watch uh, Avatar I do... The Last Airbender all over again. Oh, that show's good. So good. I hope you're talking about the um, show and not the movie. <laughs> yes. So guys, thank you, uh, by the way, all three of you, but especially one L and Nick for being on the show this week. Um, I, I've been having a great time getting with you guys and, and, and podcasting and, and talking about writing and, and geek stuff and everything else. And I just, I, I like keeping you guys in the loop and it's keeping, it's really helping my sanity with all this stuff. So thank you, gentlemen. Well, thanks for having me. Thank you, sir, for putting up with all me right. multiple times in a week. Well, this will be the last time this week. it's not not. i know it's tomorrow tomorrow we have a thing tomorrow i know it's it's a whole thing anyway uh so thanks for tuning into the usual podcast if you have comments or questions you can find us at the usual podcast.com email us at the usual podcast at gmail.com and of course we're on all the social medias uh facebook pinterest instagram twitch youtube and all the rest um so you can reach out to me i'm at darth pops on twitter will griggs is at i am will griggs will ralston is Will underscore Ralston on Twitter. And any other social media stuff you want to give out? Instagram, Will's Art Rules with one L. It's W-I-L-S-A-R-T-R-U-L-E-S. And his art does rule, and he does actually know all the people he was talking about. It's insane. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> Don't forget to follow all my daily dose of Disney's across the social media, Daily Disney 1923. Nick, what you got? You Where follow, can we find you? Follow me on Twitter. I am at Bright Inks, Instagram. It's a weird one. I'm sorry. Underscore bright underscore inks underscore. Someone with and this is three followers has bright inks and I can't take it from them. So lame. And this is where you plug uh, your other show that you're a part of. <clears throat> well, I, I was I was waiting for you to lead that into that. But you can also <laughs> listen to me and Marshall talk about books, short stories, writing general, and join our community for writers or anyone who just loves reading. Um, you can find us on your podcatcher that you'd like Spotify, iTunes, Podbean. Just look up Just Keep Writing, a podcast for writers by writers to keep you writing. Nice. And of course, you can support our show, patreon.com slash usual podcast or audibletrial.com slash usual podcast. I think I, I think I covered it all. Will, do you have anything else to say to the lovely folks since we're actually live on Twitch this week and I never mentioned in the beginning? I will, God forbid have a fun yeah have a fun and we'll see you all next week peace (laughs) thanks boys that was great i really really appreciate you